It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. A lot of Astros fans are seeing red with the Astros being swept by the Kansas City Royals. It's like midnight rain on their parade. They're trying to go back-to-back, and they're just getting absolutely crushed. They're choking, Blankers. There's no other way to put this. No, there's not. They suck. They're choking, and they're embarrassing. I don't like, like... throwing that word out there and I tried not to do it like uh casually like that that word it needs to mean something um it needs to be whenever you're absolutely peeing all over your leg choking away a division choking away a playoff appearance and the Astros are, are just too good for this are they as good as some of the other teams in the golden era no I don't I don't think that's the case the other teams in this golden era would never lose games at home and have a below 500 record at home that's pathetic but just look at all these areas of where the Astros are choking like this isn't the sign of a bad baseball team this is a sign of a choking baseball team where they are choking every single time they show up to the ballpark the Astros are eight for their last 52 with runners in scoring position eight for 52 with uh runners in scoring position their record in the month of September blankers is 8-13. and 13. Mm-hmm. Like, you go out and have a winning record and you run away with this division. A winning record over the month. You're AL West. You can hang up the, the little pennant there at Minute Maid Park. You're 8-13 and 13 in September. They went 2-7 and seven combined in this month against Oakland and Kansas City. That's, that's the biggest key to me. That's the key to me. A, a, a great franchise, a great baseball team, a team that's been there, done that, and, it, and has been through so much doesn't get their ass handed to them by 200 lost teams in three series, lose all three series, and look like you didn't know right from wrong and couldn't do anything to save your bacon the entire time you were playing both teams. It was an utmost, utter embarrassment to the highest degree that you can't turn the other way or make excuses for no matter how much orange Kool-Aid you've consumed. Virginia says the Ashes are a team built for November just way. They're more like a team that's ready to go back to December with the way that they played. Like, they're 2-7 and seven against the Kansas City Royals and the Oakland A's who each have 100 losses on the year. If you go 5-4 and four against the two worst teams in the American League, you're in first place today. But instead, you go 2-7, and seven, and to make matters worse... This is the first time the Royals have swept the series on the road against a team that finished over 500 since 2016. So not only are you choking, but you're choking to historical measures. They are 39-42 and 42 at home, this Astros team is. That is a choke. The only American League teams with fewer home wins this year in baseball, in the AL Blankers, the Tigers, the White Sox, the Royals, the Angels, and the A's. Mm. Like, you are the company you keep. The Astros well, choke, and they're 6-17 and 17 in their last 23 home games. And the A's hadn't won a series all year, except for teams that were teetering around the 100-loss mark, like the Tigers, like, like the Royals. And the A's won a series of, against you, and, and it's like, you can't win at home. You can't beat the, 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 the evil stepchildren of Major League Baseball. But yet people are supposed to still have these grandiose expectations of another league championship series appearance and a World Series opinion uh, appearance, and they can just flip the switch. Well, that damn it, that switch should have been flipped three weeks ago. And now you're hoping to God with one final Hail Mary of a series that they can finally get the switch to go upward, turn it on, and get a, a sweep against the Mariners because two out of three might not get you into the playoffs. It's a good start, but this is not where this team should have been, especially with all that they've been through all year. There might be something more to this, but I can't put, I, I can't figure out how this team with this much talent has been this bad. They're saying that I don't want to live forever with their playoff lives. Now, look, this is a choking baseball team. It is a choking baseball team. It doesn't mean they've choked. They still have time right, to right, right the ship. Like you, go to get, you go to Seattle tonight. This is obviously a huge series. You had the half-game lead on Seattle. You have to win this series. It's a must-win series for the Houston Astros because Seattle has that tiebreaker. Like I know that Seattle has four left against Texas, and Texas can help you out, all of that stuff. You can't leave it in the Rangers' hands. You, it, Rangers also might clinch like, in the That's whole time, That's what I was going to say. The division title might already be out the window because if you go handle your business and do what you're talking about, the final, and I said the final Hail Mary, but if you go out and beat Seattle, three straight or just take two or three Seattle just might be out of it at the end of the se- but if they but if they sweep 
Now Seattle might be in a situation where with those final four games, it might not mean anything to Seattle either, and Texas might already have the division. Yeah, but if you sweep, everybody's happy because now you've, you're going to be in the, playoff. in the playoffs. Like I'm yeah. thinking out of the playoffs entirely. Like This is a team that is currently choking. You look at their series. They've lost a series against Oakland, lost against Kansas City, lost against Baltimore, got swept by Kansas City. They've lost their last four series, three of those four, to teams that have lost 100 or more games. It is a choking act that we are all witnessing in Houston. Think about the Kansas City series. Kansas City series alone. Can you name me when they had the lead for the first time? <laughs> Yesterday, one nothing. Yesterday, in the first. one nothing in the first. Other than that, they kept coughing up runs from the minute the game started, and then they were fighting from behind the entire. I say fighting, but they were clawing from behind the rest of the game, trying, flailing, trying to get back in ball games or save grace at the end of games. It was embarrassing, it was disgusting, and it never should have happened. And the fact that you looked like you were overmatched from the first pitch of the first inning in the first two games, leading into the final, the first time you had a lead in three games yesterday, going, what the hell is that? You're playing uphill the whole time. Yep. You're playing uphill the whole time, and it, 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 it felt like you were going to get that big hit on Saturday, get a walk-off victory. It felt like you had a chance to come from behind in a couple of games in the series, and you, you never did. Uh, what the Astros are doing right now, quite frankly, is choking. Mega says, uh, uh, screw the Astros. The Texans are back. Uh, Fission says the Astros are heartless. 713-780-3776-8029. There's no way Dusty's coming back next year, right? Look, this is bigger than Dusty. Like, we can have that Dusty conversation all day long, and we will. This is bigger than Dusty. Like, is Dusty putting out the perfect lineup card there every single night? Maybe, maybe not. But the entire team is choking, whether it's Hunter Brown looking awful mm. in the last second half of the season. J.P. France was, like, admirable, but, like, was just trying to grind his way through base runner after base runner and pitch out of jam after jam. The offense has not showed up at all. Like, this is bigger than Dusty. This is a choke that we are watching. Still time to correct it. They're choking. They haven't choked. But if they missed the playoffs, they choked at the end of the 2023 season. But to answer the Dusty question, I really don't see him back with the Astros I don't either. Year. I don't either. And I, and I think that what you're hearing, and you're hearing rumblings from people that say that they're in the know, and you're seeing it on social media and otherwise. But to your point about it being bigger, most people, the easy out is Dusty. He's in the final year of his deal. You know, you can just move on from him. But is that going to solve it? Because I see some people had, were pointing the finger at Dana. But more times than not, if you weren't going to Dusty, then you were going to Crane and, and, and saying that there were people in the organization that were upset with the way Crane has handled everything. I don't know that I can go as, high, as far as to say that, but he, hasn't, he didn't have a great offseason. But at the end of the day, your general manager is going to bring the moves to you, and yet he's going to follow whatever lead you give him. But Dusty's the guy that most people are pointing to, and I don't, especially if they miss the playoffs completely. But even if they get in in a wild card and they get bounced quickly, I just can't see a scenario where Dusty's back. I, I don't see it either. I feel like they're moving in a different direction after this year. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with this month. Like, they, something's going on. Like, they're, they're, they're choking. Like, there's no other way around that. What they are doing right now is choking. You're 6-17 and 17 in your last 23 home games. You're choking. You go 2-7 and seven against Kansas City and Oakland. You're choking. And that's bigger than Dusty. Absolutely, that's bigger than Dusty. But there's always a scapegoat. And right now, it's easy to point the finger at Dusty. It is. But it also seems like, Jeremy, that a lot of times when you see these kind of collapses in professional sports, it's because guys just can't take it anymore or something's rubbed them the wrong way enough. And we've there's been some kind of subliminal messages, Bregman's quote, a couple of quotes where you're like, what does he mean by that? Is he pointing his finger at the players, the lineups, the coaching staff? What's going on? But you can't fire the whole team, and the, the team's under contract. So the easiest move and the first move that you make when you want to shake it up and you want to go, as you said, in a different direction is the manager's the first to go. And there's been enough scrutiny of Dusty all year, and there's been the the, the resistant pushback, uh, the hard-headedness of Dusty along the way, too, to where as good as it's been, as perfect as he was from the minute he took over this club and the situation they were in, and then getting that elusive World Series for him, it seems like we're at a crossroads where they're, they're going to have to find another manager for this ball club because I can't see how this this plays out going forward. Yeah, I just I, I can't see it either. Uh, it's... It's easy to point the finger there. I think it's bigger than Dusty, but it's easy to point the finger there. And it seems that everything has changed with this team once it turned into September. Uh, 1680, Hunter Brown is a dumpster fire, fire emoji pitcher. He can't hold water. 
It's been really bad yep. in the second half of the season. He had that one start two starts ago, and it's like, okay, like maybe he's got it figured out. Maybe he can be Tim McGraw again, but nope, he continues to be lousy. I can't trust him. Like I don't know who I would trust right now. I don't even want to talk about playoff rotation. They don't deserve us to talk about playoff rotation with as bad as they've been. I saw you bring up uh, Blanco. I saw someone else have the audacity to bring up Belak. But like, but if that's the situation you're in, because they were giving his his numbers at Sugarland, if you're bringing up those two guys to be solutions in your rotation this year, you have so many problems that I do, they may be insurmountable. Yeah, I, I wasn't really serious about that uh, to be honest. But if you are like, if it does look like a re, like a real conversation to be had, you, you do you have bad, you have problems in the well, back there were people half of your legitimately bringing up Belak. I mean, you really do have bad problems in the back half of your rotation. Like, Javier, you're hoping, is like, figured it all out. But Javier's been an issue. Javier's been an issue all, all the second half of yep. the year. Now, so, because, but, but again, Jeremy, because with the, the orange Kool-Aid drinkers, too, it's what have you done for me lately? And if he's done one thing, then it's it, he's passed it. He's over it. Because he had a great start his last start. But we've seen good starts like the Yankee game, a great start like his last last game. But how can you be convinced that it's, he, that it's not going to happen again where he just falls off the planet? Yeah. Yeah, I wish you could, like, kind of, I don't know. Like, it's the last 15 for the Astros have been just absolutely dreadful. Uh, 8693, settle a debate for me, please. If the Astros miss the playoffs entirely this year but win the World Series next year, does that still count towards them being a dynasty? In my opinion, it absolutely does. Yeah, it's still the same run. still I mean, the same era. Injuries happen. Devastating injuries to teams have happened where we've seen teams that have had, you know, just a ton of success and they take a one season drop off. You know, Brady got hurt the one year and Castle came in for him and got a massive deal. They came back. So you can point the finger at a lot of different ways at a team's failure, but if they come back the very next year and win a World Series, it's all part of the dynasty. Yeah, yeah I, I, so. I still consider the Giants were on a dynasty and they would win the World Series every and then they every other the year, playoffs. Yeah. Spurs too. They did it for six six years. They won the World Series three times and missed the playoffs three times. But like, it's still an, an incredible run for the San Francisco Giants. Like, if the Astros miss the playoffs and then come back next year with a purpose. Like, it's all part of the run. There'll be teardrops on my guitar this year, but if they win it all again next year, you have to add it to the golden era of the Houston Astros World Series. Like, this golden era absolutely will be that way. A nine six four eight. if the Astros miss the playoffs by one or two games, Dusty's to blame for his inconsistent lineups. You think that's fair to say? Or you I do. Highway don't care type of deal. No, I think it's fair. I, I think that, again, we've seen it happen throughout. It's It's easy to overlook it in June, in July, in the dog days. But down the stretch, some of the lineups that he's put out there, and it's almost just to be defiant, just to basically put middle fingers to the to, to the media and everybody else and just say... you really think that? That lineup, I if, cannot forget that lineup, feels, Jeremy, of John Singleton and Jake Myers at was the bottom a, of the lineup it, it when was, you needed to win every it game. It was a getaway lineup. Lineup. There's no way. There's it no doubt just, about it. It, it just, was a getaway it, it day lineup. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so I rightfully so. I'm with you on that one. I don't think it's on Dusty alone. No, there's no way. D- like, Dusty, like, this is bigger than Dusty. This yeah, is way bigger stuff, than Dusty. They're choking. This yeah. is bigger than Dusty. It has nothing. Like, his lineups, the the best players on this team have been terrible against the worst teams in baseball. Like, these guys, only one guy of, like, your main five hitters in the lineup, six, if you go McCormick and Abreu, is hitting over 300 since September 11th. Yeah. It's only Jose Altuve. They're playing objectively terrible no, baseball. Not, it's worse than that, Joe. They're choking. Yeah. They are a choking they're, baseball You team. just can't escape that moniker for this team doing what they've just found a way to do against teams that are this piss poor. You just can't validate it any other way other than to say they took two real big strong hands, put them around their neck, and just said squeeze until you see no more movement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that they came back the way they did at one point being down five games behind the Rangers to then – eventually have a lead in the AL West, and then to lose it again? You don't even need to do much. All you had to do was go 5-4 and four against a yeah. couple of 100 lost teams. Like, you didn't have to do a lot to, to win the division. Yeah, we're not, but the ask, we're was, not asking for 20 win, a 20 no, game win streak. No, but the schedule was simple. so set up that everybody mm-hmm. said, once they get there, they won't relinquish it because look at how the schedule turns late in the season. Look at those seven games the Mariners and the, and the Rangers still have to play. It's all set up for them. Once they get the, the top spot, they ain't giving it up. Well... Yeah. They did. Look, maybe maybe they'll hear us and they'll look back today and say, I like what you made me do. Because they haven't choked yet. They haven't choked yet. But they are in the act of choking. They can still fix they need it. The maybe Justin Verlander can be the Heimlich tonight. Maybe Verlander can be the stopper of this whole skit. Maybe they go into Seattle, take two or three, sneak into the playoffs, wild card round, don't have to play most of their games in Minute Bay Park. Maybe it'll all be good. 713-780-3776. Astros are in the process of choking. Can they avoid it before they choke? Also, Bregman. 
Jordan, Abreu, they keep – Mauricio Dubon was saying this yesterday. They all keep saying they will be better. They all keep saying that they're going to turn it on. They all keep saying we're going to do that because they're the Astros. Any faith that they actually will. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Well, if you got some confidence in your Astros as they get up to Seattle to take on the Mariners tonight and you feel so confident you want to put some money down on it, the only place I tell you to do it is mybookie.ag, just like if you felt confident in the Texans or you like the Monday night game tonight. Maybe you like the Eagles in a blowout over the Bucks, or you're looking at the Rams Bengals game and you think you know something. Go to mybookie.ag right now where you can put money down on it and the main thing is your money's going to be safe and secure. They've been in business for over a decade so they ain't going anywhere and they know that you aren't either if they take care of you so that's what they try to do. The reason why that they always try to do it is because they give people like us promo codes that you can use to your benefit, like Bet975. That's your promo code for listening to the station. When you sign up for the first time at mybookie.ag or maybe you reload your account because you've already been signed up and you want to put some more money in, use that promo code Bet975 where it tells you to do it. And if you put in at least 50 bucks, you could have as much as 200 extra dollars in your account. And the great thing about it is you take that bonus money. If you bet it once and win, you can take it out, put it in your pocket, walk away, and spend it, and just absolutely know you're a winner. That's the kind of ways that they like to take care of you. And when there's no games going on and you think about the fact that, boy, you'd sure like to entertain yourself by doing a little gambling, you don't have to go to a casino. They have live dealers standing by with casino games as well. It's fantastic. That's the ways that they try and make sure that you stay with them because there's so many different options out there. They're reliable. They pay when you win. They're going to be in business because because of people like you, so they take care of you, and they've got all the different promos along the way to back that up. So remember that promo code every time you go there. It's bet975. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up or reload, and understand you can have all the fun in the world and let the games begin because more money in your account means more games you can bet on and, of course, more chances to win. That's why it's the only place that I speak about and the only place I tell you to do what I always tell you to do, and that is bet anything, anytime, Anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag and use that promo code BET975. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank on Branham. Are the Astros choking right before our eyes? Uh, Jordan. Bregman, Jose Abreu said it two days ago. Dubon said it yesterday. They're all saying that they're, that they're going to be able to flip the switch. They're saying, we're the Astros. We can do this. Uh, they're certainly playing with fire as they head to Seattle for the first of three tonight. Justin Verlander on the mound against Luis Castillo. Here's the other thing. The Mariners have the better pitcher in the probables two of the next three games. Luis Castillo, better numbers than Justin Verlander. Uh, tomorrow, Christian Javier, George Kirby. Sorry, George Kirby's been better. Really good. Now, Wednesday's whenever you do have the edge when Framber Valdez is on the mound. But Bryce Miller's been pretty good, too, for Seattle. And normally, when we've talked about having the, 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 the pitching matchup go in your favor, it hasn't gone their way anyway. And your best pitchers haven't been able to get the job done either. As much as it's easy to single out the guys at the back end of the rotation who have just completely crapped the bed, your one and two haven't been great either. And the one thing that you're hanging your hat on is your number three, in Dusty's case, uh, in Javier, that finally looked good. But there's more questions than there is answers, and the matchups aren't going to be favorable. Maybe that's in their favor, just like telling a team that they go on the road and they're better. Uh, I know that this is kind of stuck in the crawl of Joe George a little bit with all of these Astros saying that you know we're going to flip the switch, we're going to do what is right, we're going to we're going to be able to you know to to win baseball games when we win we need to win baseball. Now you don't need to do it whenever you're at home against Kansas City. You don't need to win a single one. You can get swept. But when we go to Seattle, we're going to flip that switch because we're the Astros. I know that's bothered you a bit. Well, and they Joe keep because they keep saying it, and then they don't they don't achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex Bregman said, "I think we have to do everything better. I think we've had to do everything better all year. It's time to start doing." better. That was five days ago. Not getting better. Jordan Alvarez, two days ago, said it's time to activate playoff mode. Not activated. Like, And then Jose Abreu, same thing, saying, we're going to figure it out. You're not. Like, you're not figuring it out. You all keep saying it. You all keep saying the right things. That like, you're going to figure it out. You're going to you know, activate playoff mode, Jordan Alvarez. This ain't playoff mode. This is go home and take off December mode. Like, you remember that right after Bregman made the comments, the very next day he had bases loaded one out and only needed a fly ball to, I think, either tie or win the game, yeah. and he struck out. One yeah. for 18 during this homestand ain't playoff mode. 
I, look, I'm not the only person that says this. We all say this, right? Actions louder than words. Like, stop telling me that you're going to flip the switch. Stop telling me that you're the Astros. Stop telling me playoff mode and go do it. Go yeah, take two it. or three in Seattle. Go go, go take two or three in the Seattle. Find your way into the wild card. Win on the road, which is kind of a good thing for the Astros. They'll be on the road. And then make a run. Like, show it to me. Stop saying it. Because, look, words are empty. Talk is cheap. And the Astros are choking, and they're showing you talk is cheap. Do the COVID year, where you didn't win the division, you looked like you were going through the motions, you 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 found a way to get into the playoffs, and then that switch was flipped, and ultimately you took it all the way to Game 7 of the ALCS, I think it was, before you yeah. finally bowed out. And that's what everybody got on board with. That's when everybody was like, they got it, man. This team is just, they'll be back next year and more because they got it. You got the roster. You got a lot of good players, but you got to get it together and be able to do it when it's when it's crunch time. And you have done the exact opposite for the last three weeks plus. They're Listen, hoping that Verlander's their white horse tonight. I don't know how you guys feel, but I just still have this weird, unwavering confidence. I don't feel confident. I don't at I've all. Lost the confidence. I've lost that it as if, well. If they get in... That like playing if, okay, so that's two different conversations. Yeah, if they get in, that playing the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota for three games and then playing a five game series versus the Rangers is a beautiful path back to the ALCS. <sighs> like I can't, I they right, don't. But you gotta division. get there. I know, I know, and like they don't deserve it, but it's just like still part of me. Like I can't get twenty twenty out of my mind. Like they found a way to get in, they snuck into the playoffs. And then they went on that run, and it's just like... That wasn't a real year, though. It wasn't, and let me ask you this, Joe. With, if you have that mentality, which is fine, but when you look at that team, it seemed like they were always together. It seemed like they always, they always felt like they were a well-oiled machine. When they started to play well, it, you could feel it building and steaming, uh, steamrolling, and the clutch hits and the Correas and everybody stepping up. This seems like the exact opposite. This seems like a team that's already making vacation plans that no matter what, how much we're motivated to motivate them to get more out of them, this looks like they're just checking boxes, going through the motions, and going, I mean, we're good, but we'll see what happens. I just think they're just playing really bad baseball. They look as sad as a willow. Like, yeah. do you see them in the dugout? That's what like, I'm saying. It's, it's not fun. And, like, to Blanker's point, too, it feels like you're playing uphill every single game. Well, they and are. You're down, like, I, I was I – was, I buckled in on Friday. I had a little date night, went to Tris in the Woodlands, had a great little uh, evening with the wife. It was awesome. It was great. Wake up early Saturday, go go rewatch the Astros. Actually, didn't rewatch. I had no idea how the outcome. No idea. I was able to turn off my phone, stayed away from social media. I had no idea how the game was going to turn out. I sit down on my couch, 8 a.m. in the morning, four spot in the first. No doubt. And it's like you get punched in the face and you feel this way every single game. And like to your point, the first time the Astros led in the Kansas City series, you jump out one nothing in the first and then what happens Hunter Brown gives up a home run to everybody in the ballpark because <laughs> they're choking like they, they it's bad complimentary baseball when they pitch well they don't hit well and they hit well they don't pitch well they're choking that's <laughs> they're how choking. Joe that's how I lost it's like you've lost that loving feeling how, how can you love watching this team play or continue to believe in your <laughs> oh, heart it's not enjoyable it's gonna, because it's not to Jeremy's point I didn't wait till Saturday morning I look forward to watching that game Friday night going, they're going to get it right. They're going to straighten it all out. This team, this is where they make their move. And an inning in, I'm going, oh, my God, it feels like the game's over already. It feels like it's already insurmountable, and they're not going to come back from it. And then they tease you a little bit, at least one of the games, but you're like, man, this is this is brutal. Mm-hmm. 8693, it's also depressing. The Mariners own the tiebreaker. Looks like a legit possibility. That's why you have to take yep. two of three. Like, you cannot leave it in the Rangers' hands at all. And even if you take two of three – you still got to go win a series in Arizona because who knows what Seattle does with the Rangers. And, yes, Seattle owning the tiebreaker is huge. Ocho, when you play a bipolar brand of baseball, there's no such thing as a favorable matchup or opponent. That's a great point. It's true. Astros will beat a good pitcher and then lose to Jordan Lyles. 713 ERA in baseball? I mean, they lost on a day that Zach Grinke pitched against them. Like, it's... Lyles had the worst ERA and had given up more gopher balls than I think any pitcher in baseball and improved his entire line for the year mm-hmm. by just shutting down the Houston Astros. Choking. That was their World <laughs> Series. The way they celebrated every game and the way they walked off the field yesterday... They just felt like that was their World Series, and they swept the Astros. Flimsy says the – actually, I don't know if Flimsy's right there. I have to fact-check that before I read it on the air. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Jack, you're in the hive. What's up, Jack? Hey, I'm frustrated like all of you about the Astros' recent performance, but they played pretty well last year in the playoffs in the World Series. Yeah. It seems like y'all are being a little bit harsh about calling them chokers. I mean, these same players, the same roster – 
won the World Series last year. Choking, not chokers. The act has not been done, Jack. Jack, the act has not been done. They're not chokers yet. They're in the act of choking. Maybe Verlander's the Heimlich or the Seattle Series is the Heimlich, and they can avoid being chokers or choke. But comparing a team in 2023 to who they are in the past, I can't stand for that. Like, you can't compare the 2023 Astros with the 2022 Astros. There's no reason that you can look at the 2023 Houston Astro team and at this point call them okay, champions. Fine, fine, fine. I know that they're the same players, fine, 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 but this fine. is them as a collective fair, unit. You can't call this team a championship team if they miss the playoffs. Okay, to your point, they haven't missed the playoffs yet. Um, I'll grant you that, okay, maybe during the average booking, and granted, I heard your comparison to 2020, which probably is more apt. However, it does seem like y'all are being a bit harsh about the Astros. The same players, I know it's not the same team, the same players mostly who won the World Series last year, and a lot of the same characters who were in the 2020 season when they had an abysmal uh, regular season. And now when they're at Seattle, it's going to be a postseason environment. They're better on the road. Okay. Um, I think things are going to be great. I'm ready, my Jack, words, uh, Jack let know, me ask you a question like, before online, you go. It'll be all right. Jack, can you say anything good okay. about the 2023 Astros in the month of September? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I couldn't say anything good about the 2020 regular season Astros. Correct. Oh, Jack, okay. when a team <laughs> when a team comes back and has those epic games against the Dodgers, when a team shows you time and time again that when your backs are up or against the wall and push comes to shove, you can take it over the top. You can beat anybody at any time. Look at the Seattle series in the playoffs a year ago, and then tell me where you've seen even a little inkling of that in the last four weeks that leads you to believe. And then when you're supposed to be playing the best teams on the road or at home, you always say, well, this team can step up. This team has got everything to play anybody at any time. Then you take on the little sisters of the poor, the worst two teams in baseball with 100 lost seasons in their back pocket already, and you completely lay down and play dead and, and lose games you're supposed to win, and we're supposed to have confidence in this team and sing their praises? I, I'm baffled by that because my thing's not even the confidence thing. My thing is you cannot call the 2023 Astros the 2022 Astros. Can they avoid this choke and get into the playoffs and make a hot run? Yes, that is on the table. That mm-hmm. is plausible. And look, maybe some people are still you know bullish on the Astros being able to turn on that switch. More power to you. But you can't call this team that is in one of the worst months in this golden era a championship team because they were champions last year. You, once the year is over, you're an entirely different ball club. And the 2023 Astros are a good team. Like, they're good. Do I think that they could still win a World Series title? I do. Like, I think that they're capable of that and have the potential to do so. But those expectations is what leads to the choke. If they had those poten- that potential and those expectations and they blow it because they choked in September, the 2023 Astros are a choker. They're, they're a choke. Te- they're a team that choked. They're a team that you can't look at any other way than grossly disappointed if this is how it ends. If it ends by getting in by the skin of your teeth and getting eliminated quickly, if it ends because as much as you thought whenever you needed to, you could flip the switch, every time you reached for the lever, it wouldn't go up, it wouldn't work, it wouldn't go on, and you end up going home. Th- there's no way. I mean, look at how many people said they're going to beat another American League Championship Series at the very worst. Whether they get to the World Series and win it or not, that's another story, and we know things can happen. But this is a team too good not to. But if it's too good not to make the playoffs and they don't make the playoffs, it's a complete and utter disaster of a season. 713-780-ESPN. Appreciate the conversation. Good, though, Jack. I I like the countering opinion. Enjoyed it. Call anytime. All right, Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. We've been telling you. One time now, now will be the second time, that you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. If you're ever in a car accident, what's the first thing you need to do? You need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. Are you thinking, well, how much will I have to pay? You don't pay anything until you win. No, that's right, Jeremy. And the thing is, is they're going to be on your side from the very first time that the bumpers hit or anything happens. When you call them, they're in your corner. They're fighting for you. They're going to make sure if there's a lawsuit involved that you have the best representation and they are there to win. That's why they don't charge you until you win because their intention is they're going to win for you. And they fight insurance companies too to make sure you get what you deserve and don't get left holding the bag. You get the bag to take care of everything that you've been through because they know how important it is for you 
and they're going to fight for you every step of the way. A free consultation, so call right now. If you, someone you know, they've been injured in a car wreck or any sort of accident, give Hollingsworth Law Firm a call right now for a free consultation. Uh, 713-999-8773, 713-999-8773. You can also visit them online, carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com. You've got mail. It's Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Something's in the bag. Mommy? Mommy? What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? It is the Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. This is ours, our segment. It's worth your segment, too. You can ask us whatever you want. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Ocho, is this choke job just a strategic chess move by Dusty to position the Astros towards favorable playoff matchups? He does say, ha-ha, just kidding, but we can still have fun with Ocho. Yeah, uh, no. I mean, look, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, because Dusty's just got a different way of thinking. It's gotten on my last nerve, as you know. Uh, I've had issues with the way he's been so rock-headed in certain circumstances. I think that Chaz and Yiner probably would have some issues if you got them off the record, candidly. Uh, it is what it is at this point. It's just extremely disappointing because as much as they've been able to persevere mo- way more than most teams would have being dealt the hand that they've dealt with with all the, the pitchers that have been hurt, all the guys that they've lost, all the injuries that they've had to get through, the fact that you get this far to be in first place as late as that they were when they got in first place and now look at a scenario that is sitting right in front of you where you might not even make the playoffs is painful. 8863, I saw a Twitter post that said the locker room was divided. Could there be some truth to that, or is that just people blowing smoke? I mean, what are they divided about other than the, maybe the managerial decisions? Uh, other pretty than big, that, though, right? It, it is big. Like, that can disenfranchise some players. It can. Well, I just mentioned, too, that regardless of the banana pudding and the emojis that Yiner did or didn't put out there, I, I think there's some guys that have every right to be a little bit pissed off in the fact that they haven't been playing more. I think there's every right to be if you're a veteran player that's expecting to win and wanting to win every game and you see a manager that sometimes doesn't put your best lineup out there when it's crunch time. I think that, yeah, it's probably about Dusty. Maybe you can try and take it to the front officer ownership, but I think that's why we said I don't think he's going to be back next year no matter what happens. Even if they win a World Series, I think you'd have to have him back. I just I don't think they're going to win a World Series. I think even though the Astros are bejeweled with all their World Series rings and things like 17, 22, I don't don't believe that the clubhouse is fractured. Would I be shocked if we learn after the fact that it was or divided? I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't surprise me. I haven't heard anything like that. I think this is more of a choking baseball team right now at the moment than the like a fractured, divided locker room. Because look, fractured and divided like clubhouses, they still find ways to win games. And like this team is not. So I'm going to say that it's not, but if something came out, I'll, I'll, I'll hedge this bet here a little bit. If something came out in December that, yeah, Dusty lost the clubhouse, I wouldn't be shocked. See, that's the thing to me, because if you're looking for something that spearheads togetherness or a team that has so much fight in it that can do whatever it, ta- it takes and take on whoever it is, that's that Baltimore game uh, uh, last week or a week and a half ago. That Baltimore game is a game that a team that has togetherness and, and it doesn't have anything else going on galvanizes it. it. They come together. They they go on a run. They handle their business against bad teams and good teams and, and they take that momentum into the playoffs. That game came and went and as much as everybody was talking, we had Todd, Todd Callis on, that might have been the biggest win of the year. And what do they follow it up with? A complete just crap job for three games. Yeah, I mean the but like the other like dividedness or like the one two the Astros were up two runs in a game Ryan Presley gave up a three spot you know like they were two three outs away from winning a game there now one game in this whole grand scheme of things isn't a ton I'm just saying coming off of that big win mm-hmm. yeah, that was the game before yeah coming and they didn't do anything to ride the wave they basically started drowning again <laughs> Greg says it ain't divided they're unified and quitting on Dusty one nine seven zero do you wash the bottom of your feet standing in a shower doesn't count. Uh, no. How does standing in the shower not count? Yeah, if it doesn't count, then the answer is no. Like, what is the act of washing? The act of washing is probably like a decent lather where you're now wiping the lather off, usually with water. You're rinsing off. Right. Scrubbing so to some degree, right? If, you ha- if you're standing in a shower, the lather is going to, you know, 
is going to make contact with the bottom of your feet. The water that is now running to the drain is going to make contact with your feet. I would argue that standing in a shower absolutely counts. One nine. I think it should. Yeah, but I also, I mean, I got problems with my heels, so I use a pumice stone. What? So you, I also will use a pumice stone, and what then is a pumice and then wash stone? down. It's like a. I feel like I have to. Ask it's almost this now. like it's almost like. Uh, <laughs> Sandpaper, but it's more of like a, a, a stone. Oh, I know what that looks like. And you can scrape down the calluses on yeah, your on the bottom that's of your feet. Disgusting. Well, but I got to do it because otherwise my heels crack all the time. That's painful. You should have said no to this uh, to this question. Come on, it's mailbag. I'm honest. Eight six zero six. If this draft goes well, do we consider Casario a successful general manager? I don't know that one draft gets you the ability to be considered a successful general manager because of all the other things that we've pointed out that have been missteps. It probably saves his job. But does it give make him a successful general manager? I think it's still TBD. If this uh, if this draft goes well, this general manager is mine. Because if you draft C.J. Stroud, that that covers up a lot of warts. Quite frankly, like you draft a franchise quarterback, you draft the quarterback right, and all of a sudden you have a top five, seven, ten quarterback that you go to the playoffs win uh, with every single year. A lot of other stuff is forgiven. Kenyon Green would be forgiven. If Derek Stingley Jr. misses more games than he plays, that will be forgiven. It's always in the back of our mind, but Casario gets to put C.J. Stratt at the top of his resume, and it would be considered a success. Yeah, like if, if they turn into clear. the Bengals, like if, if, if they turn into the Bengals, and I'm not going to say the Super Bowl, but let's just say they're, they're like a playoff team year in, year out. They make a run to an AFC championship game. Casario is going to be crowned, absolutely. Well, I don't know if I can forgive him on the, the green and the Stingley and all the other missteps that he made along the way. Yeah, you're going to give him his flowers for getting one guy right. But the fact that, you know, you made the trade and you gave up all these, you made all these bad moves and the way you handled the Kenyon Green situation and all the other trades that didn't pan out or you didn't even get to see the guys long enough to have a chance. I, I don't know that that, that they're going to forget all of that. Yeah, I, think I don't think they'll forget, but I think they'll say Casario's been fine as a general manager. I think he's been successful. They won't forget it. They won't forget it. When you're balancing the pros and the cons, the pro of C.J. Stroud is going to outweigh the Kenyon Green, David Cully con by a mile because the quarterback is so important. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah because like, look at John Lynch. No one kills John Lynch. He get three yeah. first round picks for Trey Lance. Trey Lance just got traded for a fourth rounder. None of it matters. Well, you got to your guys' point. He's won. John Lynch just got an extension. Both Shanahan and Lynch got extensions, and you're right. Lynch did do that. One seven one one with a great point. Howie Roseman is forgiven for Jalen uh, Rieger. Rieger, Rieger, Rieger. Rieger, the wide receiver. Play anymore. Yeah, yeah, he picked him over Justin Jefferson, and they don't say anything because the Eagles are are a contender. So if Stroud gets you to the level of being a contender, Casario will be a successful general manager. Whether that's I have a hard time. I have a hard time believing that because I can't forget all the things that he's done. But I understand. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a delicate conversation. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Al, you're in the hive. What's your question? Hey, good, ap- good afternoon, guys. Yeah, you know, everybody's talking about the Astros messing up. You know, we're not the same team. We have two starters out pitching, uh, Lance McCullough and Luis Garcia, and one of the unsung heroes of the last five years was Yuli Gurriel. Appreciate the call. You know, What's the you- question there, Al? Oh, the question is, well, it's not really a question. I just think we're not going to do it this year because we don't have two main starters out and Yuli Gurriel. That's uh, all I have to but say. Al, you didn't think that three weeks ago when they took over first place in the division, did you? Yuli's been pretty bad. Like, Yuli's been equally as bad as Jose Abreu. Like, he doesn't play as much. Negative war. Abreu has a negative war. Their OPSs are in the same conversation. Now, you pay Abreu a lot of money, whereas Yuli makes very little money. But Yuli That's hasn't a been key. a good baseball. The pitchers are what matters to, to Al's point. Uh, 713-780-3776. Back out to the HRP listener line. Greg, what's your question for the bees? Gregory. Greg, you scaly oh. man fish. Oh, what's up? Sorry, guys. I didn't hear Excuse me. Hey, I got a question uh, other than what I was going to ask. What happened to Brad Kellner, man? I really missed his uh, dead pen to a schumer. He's uh he went to do Where's his own thing now? in Austin. He went to do his own thing on Austin. Then you can find him on Facebook. Ah, you search man. Brad Kelman. I love Brad. He was great. He was he was fun <laughs> in the too, but I just love his humor. He's a great pitcher. So, yeah, we love we love Kellner too until he threw that pitch and got Corey Lee traded. What's your question? What the bro? heck happened to the Cowboys? What the oh, heck okay. happened to the Cowboys yesterday? Did they take the cheese? Like I'm a big Cowboys <laughs> fan. I thought that was gonna be a cruise, man. I wasn't expecting no stress. Appreciate and it. And we couldn't get anything going. 
Josh how he made that Josh Hobbs kid look like Patrick Mahomes. Hobbs, Dobbs, Roy Hobbs, this Josh is Dobbs. Is, 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 isn't Josh Hobbs think, like a cartoon? I think Greg is high. But I <laughs> Greg, just trust the process and I think stop know, by your local stadium. I think we know why Greg liked BK a lot, though. They shared that cowboy connection. We mm. love we love Brad too. He's in Austin. Yep. He started like what is it, a YouTube channel covering Texas sports. So just just he's search doing great. podcast. Yeah, right? he's doing great. Yeah. yeah. Podcast, the whole live streams. Uh, just search Brad Kellner on Facebook, YouTube, wherever. Uh, I don't think he charges seven ninety nine either. No, oh, and you get a whole lot for yeah, it, which you don't, don't pay. I don't think he charges seven ninety nine. Free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. BK. That's how he's he, got over five thousand subscribers. I think I saw. Does he? Yeah, he's doing great. I'm sure he'll be coming to Houston when they uh, when they play the the Cougs here in a few weeks. I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing him. All right, I believe Mondays. What did you learn? What do you believe after this college football weekend? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you believe that? Maybe we should uh, change the soundbite to Dan Laning after this past weekend. That was a butt-whooping in Eugene that Lanning handed on Dion. There's a lot of culture war going on here, too, at Dion and Lanning. Have you noticed? Yep. A lot of it going on yep. right now. A lot of If you haven't heard why, I mean, we know that, that Dion, he's doing his thing in Boulder. I mean, I, I'm all in on Dion. I think Dion's doing a great job. Uh, I think he's already exceeded expectations. He's brought tons of attention to Boulder. Look, you went out of Oregon, a really good football team, they lost. But a lot of people are taking exception to Oregon head coach Dan Lanning's pregame speech. Here's, here's what he said before the game, and a lot of people are upset with Dan Lanning about this pregame speech. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man, right? They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference, right? This game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass, right? It's going to be played on the grass. There you go. That was Dan Lanning. A lot of people were upset about this, Blankers. What's wrong? They they thought they were taking too much shots at Dion. He thought that they crossed the line. They thought it was unprofessional. Substance, not flash. Calling Dion's program flashy, not substantial. The wins, not clicks thing was a great line. I love this speech. I love this there's speech. I don't think wrong there's anything it. wrong with it. And Dion's not wrong either in the fact no. that... But but the, the the thing is, is that you better catch me now because he needed the clicks. Because he needed to put Colorado back on the map. Because they were so far lost in oblivion somewhere in the North or South Pole that or Siberia that no one thought that they were relevant at all. So the clicks are the first step in the process of, of taking a team to national prominence. He's already done way more than anybody could have anticipated or expected in the first year taking over what was an abysmal program. But now because of the clicks, because he's now on the radar of every five-star and four-star high school kid in America looking to play college football, and the fact that he's going to have Hollywood's backing, and if you looked at the sideline and all of the the, the, the big heavyweights that were on the sideline and around the program, he's going to be rolling in it. For if he's there, wherever he is, for the next for the foreseeable future. If Oregon lost that game, they didn't show up, and they you know Colorado sneaks out a victory. What are we saying about Oregon? We're saying, well, they should have been up for that game. They shouldn't have slept on Colorado. Dan Lanning needed to have his guys ready. This is how he got his no guys ready. About it. This was the message throughout the week that we are a team built on substance, not the flash like the other guys. We're in it for wins, not the clicks. They might be the social media champions. We're going to be champions on the gridiron. If Oregon lost that game, we're critical of Dan Lanning for not having yep. his team ready to play. This is how he got his team ready to play. Here's the other thing, Jeremy. Think about what is the flashiest, most click-worthy football program in America leading into this season. Oregon changes uniforms every week. Yeah, they're pretty flashy. Or, Oregon uses <laughs> Phil Knight's back pocket full of money to take every advantage they can to get the greatest student facility, athletic facilities and all the and all the uniforms and all the Nike gear they can 
to try and win the click battle and win the recruiting war every day. And now they got somebody else that looks like they might be able to do it just as good, if not better. That's also true. But they Oregon scoreboarded them. I mean, they killed them. They did. Seven 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 one. Nothing wrong with his speech. Not to mention that was in the locker room. What's said in the locker room isn't necessarily meant for public's ears. Screw being PC. It's a good point. Now, he did know the cameras were there. Uh, Josh from Seabrook, what I believe about uh, over college football weekend, Colorado, not frauds, just top-heavy talent uh, with little depth and over-reliant on Travis Hunter. It's probably true. They don't have the depth. They really don't have nope. that yet. They will get it, though. What do you believe after the college football weekend? 713-780-3776. One more coach speak uh, before we get to yours, Blankers. Did you see Ryan Day annoyed with Lou Holtz after the game? Yep. Like, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. Sound like Howard Dean. Uh, you're going on the political campaign. Whoa, we're going to go to Oregon. We're going to go to Ohio. We're going to go to Pennsylvania. Whoa, we're going to take over the White House. Uh, look, again, college coach trying to get his team ready to play, and they're going to find anything to get his team ready to play. But it is pretty funny that Ryan Day is going after an 86-year-old yeah, man. Like, his motivation. Let's compare and contrast here, okay? <laughs> we got Deion Sanders, the number one quarterback in 2025, is in the building for Colorado last week. Oregon has 30 recruits. At the game this weekend, Oregon is like playing a real football team. The trash talk's fine. You're yelling at an 86 year old man, you hack loser. Yeah. Like, beat I just, Michigan. I just think that <laughs> Notre Dame football, Notre Dame football is much better than he's anybody the, else. He's on the hot seat. Day. I'm, I'm telling, like, this feels like that screams like someone that is so pathetic. Pressure. That knows I got a that buddy that's an Ohio State Michigan fan. Again, he's screwed. Yeah, I got a buddy that's an Ohio State fan that said exactly that and more. Just said, look, they're going to find a way to crap the bed to a Maryland or something like that. And then if they get boat raced by Michigan, nothing is forgiven, nothing is forgotten, and he's going to be in trouble. I believe Marcus Freeman should probably be fired. And Lou Holtz, though, he did respond to Ryan Day calling him out after the game. Well, well, I don't get they bring the head cold, but there you go, Lou. What did he say? Uh, who knows? Well, well, I don't get they bring the head cold. I don't but, know what he said, but them fighting words. I think that it's a bite. No, we're just not a Guys, very good yeah. football team at Notre Dame. And then you year. have, and then was it the Utah coach after two freaked out about ESPN? I missed that and, one. And like ruining the Pac-12, and he started yelling at Lee Corso. Like you guys. What were we yelling at the No, I thought that was for? I thought that was Washington. Oh, I know Washington State. Ryan, You're right. Like Ryan Leaf went after. Um, yeah, Ryan Leaf looked like on a Twitter. hack. Loser I saw this Ryan weekend. Leaf. Ryan Leaf called the uh, U of H game. Very very skinny. But what's really? up with everyone Super yelling at these skinny. old? Like they're just old guys. Lee yeah. Corso. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> he's still doing. Lee, he's had so many episodes in the last year or two that I, I just think those guys. You just kind of kind of just got to let go. I don't and, know how you get so upset at men that are 85 plus. Corso's like, probably 22 years past his prime. Like, what are we getting honest. this upset about? Yeah, but those Lou Holtz was ready to go down. But you mentioned Freeman. You say he should be fired? I don't know, man. He had, did like, you see the last play, Blinkers? He had 10 guys on the field. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. His yep. response. Here's Jeremy, his he had another one. It was the, on the third and 19 he to get them down 11. to the one. There was 10 again. I thought it was on the final play. How do you have two plays in which there's 10 guys on the field? Freeman. Like, you're a defensive coordinator. <laughs> Freeman after the the game. Uh, I only knew about the last play where they were at the one yard line. So we were trying to get a fourth D lineman on the field, and I told him just to stay off. What? What? I didn't have. He goes. I did, he goes. He goes. I didn't have any timeouts, right? So we couldn't afford a penalty there. That was uh, Marcus Freeman on having only ten players in the field for the final play at the one. If there's any time to get a penalty, it's that one. It's half the distance to the goal line. It's a foot and a half. Yep. Not I, a great answer, there, now, Marcus. Freeman. I don't. I don't understand. Like I. I. I knew they were going to break my heart. I. I knew it. I knew they were going to like. Thought they were going to win. I was expecting them to get boat raced. Instead, these morons ran ten guys out there. Yeah. Now, now we're talking about day. Yeah. How long? How long does he get a, a pass before he's on I the hot seat at that program with all that's expected? On, they love I, him there, though. They I know they do, but, and he's been recruiting well. But what? But seriously, I mean, after it's, just, it's only game three, right? Mm, I, I mean, game like, three, if, four. They, if they beat USC, not, a good, not good. All not will good. be forgiven. If they don't, if they don't, that's that's their Ohio. That's that's the Michigan game to Ohio State. Yeah. If you beat SC, then you, all is forgiven. If you don't, and you've done these kind of things, I and just, you're underachieved, he still got leeway though because it's your he one. Does. But he, the, the, we always talk about approval rating. It'd take a huge hit. 
a huge hit. What do you believe, Blankers? I, I believe SC's for real. I, I, I believe I believe Caleb Williams and all the talent that they got in Lincoln Riley. And as much as I kind of scoffed at it when someone had tweeted us or texted us early in the season that you know that a Pac-12 team's going to be in the final. I believe. I believe in SC, and I believe that they're they're going to be there in the final four. I'll tell you what. I'm going to I'm going to completely defense disagree with is you. Questionable. Because I, I, like that. I think they can outscore anybody in the nation except facts. for the best team in the country. Georgia? Georgia? Washington. Washington oh, State. With no, Penix? Michael Penix. He's 28 years old. It doesn't matter. Uh, he 25. is. They are the real deal. Their defense is better. Their offense is just as good. I think Washington's the best when team in the country. When do they play them? I don't know. Probably Washington and USC? Yeah. I have no idea. That'd be a hell, uh, that's play, a hell of a game to watch as well. They play November 4th. Okay. But honestly, I don't know if anyone's going to come out of the Pac-12. Dude, Washington State's underrated good. I had that on one of my I believes. Their coach this, is from Scotty. Is they, he really? They, yeah, and he's a, this, he's a hell of a story. This Oregon's Cameron, this Cameron Ward kid at uh, Washington State, he's the best quarterback in college football that no one knows about. Oh, he single-handedly and beat I, Wisconsin last year. He's a stud. I know a lot of people wanted him, but he wanted to play right away at Washington State. Who can who can blame him? He's 4-0 Washington State. Has him in the top 20. He's yep. already had almost 1,400 yards, 75% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's run for three more. He's West Columbia kid from from Texas. He started his career at Incarnate Word. Yeah, he bet, best quarterback no one knows about. They they he hammered he basically single handedly hammered Wisconsin two years in a row, home and road. He's a stud. He's impressive. This is the Pac twelve is going out with its best conference ever. And you think they're going to cannibalize each other? And they might just. I mean, look at like Washington plays Oregon, and then like two weeks later they start their real run in which they play USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. Right now, their last four games are against ranked teams. Like they're gonna if they don't, if someone comes out of the Pac-12, like this could be the last year of the fourteen playoff. We get two lost like Pac-12 champion yeah, in there. Be. I think that the Pac-12. I, think is good. I just think SC's offense is so good, and that kid is so polished that it, it's tough to see any defense being able to stop them. Hopefully, they can still have kids after this weekend. I think that you the got the hit Pac-12, in the grades. You got hit in the goodies, like uh, Sauce Gardner did. Magnum. No, he got it from his center. He was walking up to the line of scrimmage to call an audible, and his center snapped it. Oh! <laughs> you see the soccer one that was making the rounds on social media? Oh, I forgot one more. Go the, ahead. I believe Ruben Unige is intern of the year for oh, ESPN 97.5. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, this kid intern here Big during Ruben? the summer. Yeah. Big Ruben. Oh, Already Joel, right you didn't see it? I didn't see it. As he's walking up to the line of scrimmage mm. for the University of Houston, this kid just chucks vomit. Everywhere, yeah. Ruben threw up. He, not, like, he didn't throw up. He threw up his entire projectile he, stomach. He, his entire stomach it came out of his body. Unbelievable. Oh my yeah, he. I mean, he came in two plays later. Credit to him. He's a tough, dude. But yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, the, the entire zero on the fifty yard line was covered. In his <laughs> oh man! It was. Did they clean it up? They put some. They have. You know how they have those chemicals? Yeah. They cover it up with chemicals. But like yeah, he took the snap. Like they, they just took the snap. He threw he's up pre snap. He's walking yeah. to the last scrimmage. He's puking everywhere. And, and he then the play. And then they played. <laughs> he played the play. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a pancake. You on can't that play one. in the middle. You got to get that off the field, don't you? Well, they did after they that did. play. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That was uh, not a pleasant sight. All right, it sounds crazy, but the Texans can win this division. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.